Why don't more infant formula companies use organic, grass-fed whole milk instead of skim? Why don't more infant formula companies use the latest breast milk science? Why don't more infant formula companies run their own clinical trials? Why don't more infant formula companies use more of the proteins found in breast milk? Why don't more infant formula companies have their own factories instead of outsourcing their manufacturing? We wondered the same thing. So we made Byheart a better formula for formula. Learn more at byheart.com. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. Hello and welcome to the Raw Review. I'm Adam Wilborn from What Culture, joined by one of the Dudley Boys, Michael Sidgwick from What Culture, to review everything that happened on last night's episode of Monday Night Raw. But before we get into it, if you're a fan of this sort of thing, Make sure you subscribe to What Culture Wrestling on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Amazon Music, wherever you get your podcasts from, for daily wrestling podcasts, where we not only review Raw, but also SmackDown, the show formerly known as NXT 2.0, oh, AW Dynamite, AW Collision, pay-per-views, premium live events. We have interviews, roundtable discussions, and a roundup of the week complete. We'll make a quiz, of course, on wrestle culture. As I said, though, joined by Michael Sidgwick to review Monday Night Raw. I have impending fatherhood on my horizon, and I know it's not all going to be sunshine and rainbows, and I sort of realized the other day that you're going to have all the, the amazing stuff that comes with having a child, of course, but eventually they'll get to a point where I have to be the bad guy. I have to be the strict dad. Maybe I'll catch my son smoking, and I'll say to him, you know what, we're going to sit here, and you're going to smoke the whole pack. I don't necessarily think that's the right way of doing things. That's the cliche. But that's what I got from Monday Night Raw last night. Papa H has found out that we've been watching AEW Collision, and he's gone, oh, I see, I see, like impromptu matches, do you? Well, you're going to have a whole fucking show of impromptu matches. I did not like the show at all. I it was boilerplate telly that the crowd had to get dragged, kicking and screaming into care about caring about half the time. Some of the action was good, but like good's not good enough anymore. Hasn't been for at least four years. And I a lot of heat, a lot of impromptu stuff, a cliche of a show that is itself a cliche that I uh, will have some fun with it. Yeah. It's a five-star review review as well. That's yeah. always that's which always... may color my opinion on this show because of what I've watched for the what we've watched for the five-star review review um, makes this raw seem like peak AW Dynamite. Basically, if I'd have watched this at the time, I'd have realized that's a bright future. Yeah, what I found from this show is it was and I'm going to completely contradict myself. It's here. like the comp book, and it's. They realized, oh, hang on, we can't really do anything because everything's set and we can't tell stories and we can't plot, really. <laughs> so what we'll do is we'll just spin the old wheels. Well, I was going to say, it, it feels weird to say this is a wheel-spinning episode because they announced, like, what, three, four matches for SummerSlam? But because we just rubber-stamped it. Yeah, exactly. It's one of those, isn't it? We all knew that we were going to get Ricochet and Logan Paul, for example, or Becky Lynch and Trish Stratus. But, you know, yeah, it did feel like one of the most... Let's do stuff while going absolutely nowhere for a week episodes and tinged with, oh, bollocks, with the news coming out this morning. Kevin Owens and Liv Morgan are shoot injured. So, I mean, it's it's good that I suppose they worked into a storyline and 
I'm hopeful that the way they've done this means that you don't have to have Owens and Zayn give up the tag titles. But, yeah, not a great feeling coming off the back of this no, show. No, yeah, it was cloudy, wasn't it? Uh, let's dive into it. Um, sooner we do that, sooner we get to the five-star review. review. Uh, so you have um, Rhea Ripley, Finn Balor, and Damian Priest stood in the ring to start the show. Um, they're three-quarters of a group because, of course, they're in the f***ing judgment day. Michael Hamlet is not here uh, this week. Family holidays, six weeks holidays, school holidays, etc. But he did text us the other day to say that his wife said the other side. And they said, He's like very proud. He's very chuffed that that's just sort of... I haven't had another side in my house for a long time. And it's banned in my yeah, house. Yeah. Um, how do they do the shadows? I don't get it. It's amazing. It's good. It's one of the best things about this group. So, yeah, uh, they kick off the show. Uh, uh, what was it Damien Priest said? He sort of tried to merge Welcome to Mananarao and All Rise for the Judgment Day. And he just sort of went, Welcome to All Rise for the Judgment Day. And I was like, strong start. That's uh, like in WWE land. That is the thing. That is the easiest thing to do. It's minimum requirement for mm. the job. Yeah, whatever your catchphrase is, just work it into... Or welcome you to Monday Night Raw, yeah. like one of the two. Why not both in Damien Priest's eyes? Like anyway. Failing your English sats. <laughs> Ripley says, uh, Judgment Day doesn't just run Raw, they run all of WWE. Finn Balor says, I'm the next world champion. Uh, Rhea Ripley's the unbe- unbeatable women's champion. And Damien Priest is Senor Money in the Bank. And then they cut to a video package of Dirty Dom winning a North American title on NXT last week. Oh, there's loads of video packages in this first hour. I was buzzing. Yeah, I, was, I woke Fast up a bit forward. late, yeah. So they show that, you know, beats Wesley, da 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 Then out comes Dom to... Uh, Quite a decent reaction from They're the catching crowd. up now. Yeah. They are performing they're performing this thing that was like used to be a button press. Mm. They, they, they finally got it. You meant to boo the heel. <laughs> well done, guys. Corey Graves was listening to our podcast because we pointed this out the other day. Uh, Dom is the first person in history to main event Raw, SmackDown, and NXT in the same week. Not main event, technically, Corey. It was the main event match because of the tribal rules of engagement bollocks and it's good that he's taking notes on you know good podcasts um it's supposed to after the bell so he puts over his win uh title win this is dom uh whilst everyone you can barely hear him and then he cuts to a video another video package that was just all about his rise to being the dirtiest of dirty doms effectively whilst everyone chants you suck they are interrupted the judgment day are by the tag team champions kevin owens and sammy Zayn. And uh, they're a bit like, didn't this literally happen last week? They come out, talk some bollocks, no one wants to hear it, and then we get into a big fight with them. Um, And Owen's conniption fit impending, says he hates people who don't learn their lessons. Uh, If you want to make, if you want to make, yes, thanks, uh, better, maybe just never talk again. (laughs) And Dom says, I'm a champion now. I'm not going to be disrespected. Sammy Zane's like, yeah, you're being disrespected because literally nobody respects you. So why don't you, ha- you and I have a little fight, have a bare-knuckle fight then? Um, and Sammy says, but let's not forget, last week, you guys got all pissed off until we put our titles on the line. So why don't you put your title on the line, Dom? And before Dom could say anything, Mammy accepts on his behalf. You're good at maths, aren't you? Yep. Um, how many years, realistically, have we, have we been podcasting full-time? 
Full time. I mean, I started at What Culture in 2017. I remember we did some podcasts for the relic that is What Culture Extra. Yeah. But then I think they swept aside and then we manifested them mm-hmm. maybe a year later. Yeah, I'd say probably like mid to late 2018. People like Colton didn't know because he was one of the day ones. I don't know the exact dates and times. So if it was mid-2018... Easy, easy, I'd say five years, pretty consistent. Yeah, that's the thing. So where, if it was in mid-2018 <laughs> or there or thereabouts, then we are in mid-2023. So that's five years minimum, I think. Mm-hmm. How many weeks are in five years? Five times 52. So, yeah, two, two, uh, 260. Is that right? Five times 52. We'll go with it. I don't yeah. know. I'm asking you. I'll say 260. I'll cheat and use a calculator. Despite the fact that my math teacher said they wouldn't be at my fingertips when I grew up. <laughs> How wrong they were. The way. So 260 we're going with, yeah? Yeah. Have I, on 200... Well, say, you know, I've been on holiday for some raw reviews. Well, that's good fast math. He is correct. Say I've taken 20 off for whatever reason. Yeah. Maybe even 40. Or 50. <laughs> right? Because I used to do the thing where, oh, you need to do childcare one day this week. Because, you know, it's the half term or whatever. Right, Tuesday. It's yeah. always a Tuesday. I'll miss out on NXT, which is gutting. Well, in the latter stages of our yes. podcasting careers. But it's worth it because I miss Raw. So I miss Raw. Get in. Lie in. A whole half six until the kids wake up. <laughs> so say 200 times, okay? That fact is in holidays I've taken. Um, Christmas. Christmas. Um, and the few times they didn't do this, which is probably about five and five years, <laughs> how many times, I'm thinking in the 200 range, I, I, over 200, have I said, this is every Raw opening segment ever. Yeah. So let's continue the tradition. People value the, the, the ritual they have. <laughs> Say the line, Sidge. Yeah, the listeners value our podcast as a ritual, and I value them for their support in kind. This was every Raw opening segment ever. Yay! I'll do the Bart Simpson. Like, I like Kevin Owens. That's yeah. good. I'd mo- again, and I'll say this, if Raw continues to feed me the same slop, I'll give you the same take. Like, I would rather they created a good show. I'd rather they did that than acknowledge that the show is pretty bad and contrived and silly and have one of the characters pointed out. Mm. As much as I'm amused by Kevin Owens, who's kind of like uh, my spirit animal. Yes. You know what I mean? Yeah. But there's two people who give a toss. Well, I keep talking about the invisible camera. I keep talking about impromptu matches. And a lot of people, even those who, you know, like get on board with my analysis and all the rest of it, even they're like, oh, does it matter that much? I'll try to tell that to Kevin Owens. <laughs> Me and Kevin Owens are the only <laughs> two who are like really intent on, it just never gets any more tolerable. Put your head on the, the bloke from the Big Lebowski. Am I the only one around here who gives a f- about the rules? Does anybody here give a f- about the rules anymore? <laughs> Do you know what would be amazing? Because obviously they did about fucking six impromptu matches on this show. Is if, as a, also as a part of that, they'd heard what we talked about. Because we talked in, de- in length about this when it comes to AEW as well on the Collision Review yesterday. If they said, uh, well, we had some matches in reserve, but uh, they're going to have to get kicked off. Yeah. <laughs> Can you imagine? I thought this was going to happen, says Papa H, and I allocated time in this show as a result. But yeah, they set up the match for later, and there was a tiny thought in my head of, 
What if they just put the title on Sami Zayn and then he fights Ali and Wesley on Sunday? Like, kick ass. Yeah. It's not going to happen, but yeah. telling me there's a chance. Then we got the uh, the big stipulation match. If Becky Lynch loses, she's going to have to not only say thank you to Trish, but get that tattooed on her body against Zoe Stark. If Becky wins, she's heading to SummerSlam to face Trish Stratus. Which way would this one possibly go? Um... Stark takes control before we go to a break. Um, Lynch comes back afterwards, hoying her into the barricades and hitting a diving leg drop for a two count. But uh, at one point, uh, Stark takes the referee and on the outside, Becky Lynch gets into it with Trish Stratus, who nails her with the face mask, which of course was the finish recently. Gets back in, uh, Stark hits her with a roundhouse kick, gets a nice two count in that. Um, Stark goes for a Z360 finisher. Lynch counters that with an exploder. Um, she hits a superplex, gets her in an arm bar, but a fair play to Zoe Stark. I thought this spot looked great. Zoe Stark just powers her up yeah. into a power bomb. I thought that looked great. Um, they trade counters. Becky Lynch puts her in the disarmor. Stratus panics, throws her face mask in there. Ref busies himself with that. Lynch knocks Stratus off the apron. Stark tries to use this distraction to do some sort of springboard move off the ropes, but just lands perfectly in position for a manhandle slam. One, two, three. Becky Lynch wins. She's going to SummerSlam to face Trish. I thought this was good. Me too. It wasn't blow away great, but they've got clear chemistry. Star can absolutely go. We've seen this um, from her um, NXT days. I thought it was some really cool counter ideas. I like the basic story of Stark having an answer for a lot of Lynch's stuff, she'd prepped, she'd studied, she'd strategized, and she felt like a worthy competitor. If you're going to build someone quietly, this is, at the minute, Zoe Stark is in this sort of heater role, mm. and she's sort of secondary to the primary start in her act. Um, but this sort of performance will eventually, you'd hope anyway, yeah. condition crowds to think, all right, she might be something. Um, it's quite frankly, like, crap and inexcusable that she's the only wrestler who's uh, in the women's division, it would seem to me anyway, who's got this... Like, the one who's... The only one who's sort of returned or debuted under the Triple H regime, certainly, that's had this kind of arc, this slow burn mm -hmm. um, actual presentation. Um, but, you know, it's still good that one of them's done it, I guess. Yeah, at least something's good could come, come out of this Trish-Becky feud. It's not that what I was anticipating. Yeah, no, it's the only good thing about it, realistically, is the actual committed slow burn push and serious presentation of Zoe Stark. And I thought uh, Lynch did a commendable job here. Not every star, historically, would do this sort of thing. But I thought she really made the effort and mm. feed her the best counters. Yeah, I really like that that tease near fall with the face mask spot that they already established. Yeah. Good stuff. Um, but yeah, as we anticipated, Becky goes on to face Trish at SummerSlam. We see uh, Vo Williams, I think is the guy's name. The bloke behind. Feels our greatness. Yeah. The raw theme. So I was like, oh, there he is. That's nice to put a face to a name, to a voice. Um, and then we get Cody Rhodes coming out uh, to say uh, nothing, really. But it's Cody, so I ate it up, as I do every single week. He uh, talks, but well, they've shown already the footage of him getting murdered by Brock. Uh, he says, we've all seen it. Um, doing it not only... Not only beating the crap out of him, but doing it in front of his mum. Uh, and uh, he says, I'm not surprised. This is the UFC heavyweight champion who won it inside like five fights or whatever it was. He wound up on an NFL roster despite never playing football. He's basically missed a summer slam, which gave me a nice flashback inexplicably out of all the things that Brock's done at SummerSlam. 
I think it's because you and I take a kind of perverse joy in it. Despite the most memorable thing, arguably, Brock's done at SummerSlam. Well, several. I suppose he beat The Rock there. He uh, did the tractor spot with Roman. But Give Randy Orton a concussion. Yeah, but it, for me, it's always Triple H. Well, looks like this is me retiring, guys. And everyone goes, huh? uh, yeah, good. It's <laughs> overdue, if anything. <laughs> yeah, not like, no. Don't worry, guys. I'll be back. Perfect storm. Don't worry. <laughs> uh, but yeah, he says, I'm not surprised by uh, Lesnar either. Uh, I'm impressed by what he's done, but my mother wasn't. Uh, this is the same lady who saw Terry Funk throw fireballs in my dad's face. The same lady who drink with Gordon Soley. Um, but I, she'd tell Lesnar, uh, I know what she'd tell Lesnar. He made a mistake. He left me breathing. Look, I'm not just going to win a SummerSlam to win the rubber match. I want to embarrass Brock Lesnar. Look, people are going to be getting upset. You're poking the bear, Cody, he says, but I'm not just poking the bear. I'm slapping across the goddamn face uh, and telling me to come get and telling the bear to come get it. Um, beating Lesnar at SummerSlam wasn't just about the positives it's going to mean to his career or getting revenge for his broken arm. It's what Lesnar deserved. At SummerSlam, Brock, Cody says, I end this. I'm sold. Yeah. I'm sold. Um, last week, I thought it was a bit weird how it wasn't a particularly melodramatic scene. And, you know, there's a good and bad version of everything, melodrama included. Um, so I wouldn't have been against, you know, Cody's mother, like, being really wound up or infuriated um, on behalf of a son who'd just been battered. So I thought, that's a bit weird. But then they folded it in the yeah. next week. The, the, the thing about Triple H is that, if nothing else, <laughs> he has earned let it play out privileges, I think. Yeah. Um, so I really like the explanation here. And um, I, I liked how it wasn't the cliched usual, oh, you just injured me, I'm really pissed. He's trying to be more composed this time around. He's trying to no-sell the threat of Lesnar and put Lesnar over at the same time. I thought it was a tricky balancing act, but he's basically on this journey with Brock Lesnar. This character is now ready, and he should be. It's a climactic showdown. Yeah. He's absolutely ready for it. He can't be too fearful of it. Um, he knows what he has to do to win. This is just accomplished go-home stuff. Mm. Um, weird that there was no step announced, almost to the point where I'm thinking there's not going to be one. Yeah, I mean, Brock's going to be there next week, so they could do it. They could set it up there, but yeah, weird the that bull it's... rope under the ring. That kind of <laughs> yeah, thing, yeah, yeah. It needs it for me. I mean, I've got no doubt that these two can have an absolutely great last rubber match. Yeah, Cody could justify it saying, well, you know, I got a, I stole one in your eyes. This fact is just a wrestling move. Yeah. And you didn't beat me. I just sort of passed out. So we haven't actually had a winner per se to a wrestling match. So maybe the stip could just be you only win by a submission or, or pinfall rather yeah. than any other shenanigans. And like a proper pinfall, not like a what? Yeah. But anyway... But yeah, I I thought this was gonna gonna be the moment where he says, just like my dad, blah blah yeah, blah. Yeah, yeah. But yeah, so only got a week to go. The, the, I think the mention of the dad here was crucial. They'll do something that Dusty was synonymous with. Yeah, maybe Brock will come out in polka dots and do the wanker symbol next week. Yeah, maybe. <laughs> right, uh, Jackie Redman tries to catch up with Ricochet, um, but he effectively says, "I'm just gonna speak to Logan Paul in the ring later." So we'll revisit that in a bit. Cool. Then it was time for the North American Championship match. Sami Zayn versus Dominic Mysterio. Uh, Zayn took us to a break early on after hitting a flip dive. Um, and then all the shenanigans with the people at ringside started. So Ripley has given Zayn a cheap shot during the break. Um, but Zayn's still controlling it as we come back. 
Then Ripley jumps up to distract the ref while Zayn climbs the turnbuckle and Priest shoves Zayn off the top. So Owen, Owens gets into it with him. Referee turns around and sees Owens on the apron and says, what the bloody hell are you doing here? Kicks him out. I do like any image of the Judgment Day laughing at someone. Like yeah. the, the iconic one of obviously of, of Finn and Thingy at Clash at the Castle yeah. is great, but this was really good as well. Of just Rhea and Damien thinking like, we've really got away with one here. And then obviously, you're also out of here. And Dom's devastated. He doesn't know what to do. Um, and that was obviously as a result of the lack of interference. Zayn controlled the majority of this match. Mishinoku driver. Um, Dom fights back and goes for the 619, but Zayn just hits him with a clothesline. Z- Sami Zayn, this was, and I really thought of you this morning, Sami Zayn did peak flying nothing at one point. He loves to fly nothing. It was proper, like, arms in the air. I'm not even, it's, you know... It's weird that he, of all people, does this because he's one of the most intelligent pro wrestlers ever, mm. not just in terms of his in-ring, um, but in terms of how he marketed himself, how he found a way to navigate that WWE system even before that system kind of changed under Triple H. This man is genuinely one of the most intelligent wrestlers I've followed in my lifelong fandom at, what, 37 years old. Why he does this, Mm. it's so beneath him. But there was this, I thought this exchange here was the personification of Dominic Mysterio right there. Because I thought, despite the fact it was a flying nothing, Dom's dropkick was a noise that he nailed Zayn with. But then... They get into it. Uh, Hurricane Rana to stop a blue thunderbomb. Goes with a six on nine. Zayn eventually hit him with a blue thunderbomb, but bloody hell, he was like, get up there, you bastard. Like, Dom was not helping him with that yeah. at one point. Uh, but anyway, he drop kicks Zayn again and hits him with a six one nine. Three amigos. Goes to the frog splash. Zayn gets his knees up, hits an explosion in the corner. He's going to hit him with a halluva kick. He's going to win the North American Championship. But suddenly he sees his partner, Kevin Owens, beaten, battered, Chucked out onto the the uh, entrance way by Priest and Ripley, which understandably distracts Sami Zayn. Zom grabs him for the school. But Zom, Dom's grabs Who's him. Zom, Zom. Uh, it's the new team of uh, Sami Zayn and Dominic Mysterio. Okay, Zommy Main. Shut up. Okay, schoolboy one two three. Dom retains. Uh, better match than I've seen out of Dom in the single setting. Like before and after this uh, North American title reign. Flying nothing aside, I love the Blue Thunder bomb spot here because, one, um, primarily because Sami Zayn's used it successfully. Yes. Like about a month or so back, so you can actually buy it as a near fall. And I thought the timing of it was great. Um, so they had me in that moment. Look, it's one of those with, with Dom with Zom Mysterio. <laughs> you either get a mechanically passable match that's really hot or you get a mechanically piss-poor match that's nonetheless hot with mm. a terrible finish. Yeah. So there's always two things and then one thing that saves it. It's either got a terrible finish, either in concept and execution <laughs> or execution, and the actual body of the match is either a gentleman's three, mechanically passable, with a few moments that go awry because Dominic Mysterio happens to not be a very good wrestler. Every single thing he does is hot, and that matters more than anything. I would rather watch Dominic Mysterio versus anyone than Tommaso Ciampa versus Bronson Reed, despite the fact that the action was, like, leagues better. Oh, yeah. Leagues better. Like, I need noise on a wrestling mm-hmm. show. Um, and you get it with Dom, despite the fact that, fundamentally, he's a bit piss-poo <laughs> 
But yeah, the, the really bad stuff coming out of this was uh, the legitimate injury that Kevin Owens was actually selling. He's talked about something being broken. No word on that if that's official, but he is shoot injured. So uh, get well soon to, to Kevin. Yeah, it sucks that. And to live, which we'll get yeah. to in a bit. Uh, big package on Roman Reigns and Jey Uso. Uh, and then Ricochet's wandering about backstage asking if anyone's seen Logan Paul. Nakamura hasn't. So Ricochet says, hey, keep an eye out. And then Champa and Nakamura get into it with Champa saying, look, fair enough. You clocked me last week for what I did, but uh, we're even now. I'm going to settle things out there with Bronson Reed in a bit. Uh, don't get involved. Please don't come out, because then we'll have a problem. <laughs> Shin just sort of looked at him. It sucks. Uh, Judgment Day are wandering through the back. Uh, Dom's boasting about putting a whooping on Sami Zayn. I love when he's just completely deluded. Yes. Uh, and they walk past Apollo Crews and Akira Tozawa, and uh, Dom says, show some damn respect, eh? And Rip was like, you got a problem? And Tozawa just bails after saying nope. And Apollo Crews is like, yeah, I'm not happy with this nonsense here. Uh, why don't you try something with me? So Priest challenged him to a match later on, and then Tozawa reappeared to say, hey, good luck, mate. <sighs> and we got Bronson Reed versus Tommaso Ciampa. Skip? No. No, I won't skip this. We'll save that for later. We'll give, yeah. we'll give them this, because this was good, and it didn't have... Uh, they deserve credit. It, it, it went to a finish. Yeah, it went with, and they deserve credit for what they actually accomplished in the body of the match. I also like the bit where Bronson Reed sat on him. Why did you pause then? I, honestly, because I say Bronson Reed's name, it's a force of habit at the yeah, moment. Yeah, 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 true, true, true. Not his fault. His work is enjoyable, but keep going to DQs. Um, I like also the bit where Champa gets Bronson Reed in the sleeper, Bronson Reed looks at himself and just goes, oh, I'll just jump backwards then. And it was effective at yes. breaking the sleeper. Um, also a really nice knee strike from uh, Champa to take through a break as Bronson Reed's coming off the apron yeah, on the outside. Yeah, yeah. That looked, looked great. Um, so, yeah, they go back and forth. Like I say, Bronson Reed sits on him at one point. Um, and then Champa just decides, oh, no, I'm just going to be the old Tommaso Champa for a minute. So he no-sells a clothesline, pops through his feet, gets in his face, and manages to, which for a man with a history of knee injuries is an incredible achievement, yeah. especially because, you know, we saw what happened with like uh, Rick Boogs when he tried to do a similar spot with granted, both of the Usos at Mania. Like, all it takes is for something to slightly buckle. Where's he gone? He, uh, the gym. I, I thought I've subscribed to his YouTube channel and that's all, all he's doing at the moment. Elias, that just died, didn't it? Clanging and banging. Yeah, I'm annoyed. I like Rick Boogs. Um... And, yeah, so Champa, a couple of attempts, but he, fair play, powers up Bronson Reed onto his shoulders and uh, hits an air raid crash, which gets an actual reaction, finally, for these two. Gets a two count. He's got the match in control, but then, of course, bloody Nakamura comes out. So Champa goes out and just looks at him, turns around, and I thought, okay, here we go for the finish. But they went on for a bit, to be fair. Reed comes flying off the apron to nail uh, Champa. He gets him back in there, hits him with a tsunami, and uh, gets the one, two, three. Really good by the finish. It's just the oddest thing. Something that happened on uh, SmackDown, very similar with um, Santos Escobar and um, Austin Theory. The yes. man is literally so forgettable <laughs> that I forgot his name, even though I reviewed his performance yesterday, where they watch these fans, these modern WWE fans, watch a really strong wrestling match with their hands on their arse, and then they watch it and then start to really get into it. 
And it's impressive to watch, like, them really coming up mm. by the finish. Um, when it's different to the usual WWE TV match where they don't really care about the wrestling. Um, and then when they see the false finishes and the signatures, that's when they, mm-hmm. like, Mancurian candidate come alive. It's like, right, okay, this is when it gets important. Yeah. Because that happens all too often with actual top stars. I've seen far too many Gunther TV matches. He's one of the best wrestlers in the world, maybe ever, mm-hmm. where they react to like, all right, okay, then it's starting to get, this is when it gets important, right? I can invest now, bang. It's like the, f- the switch gets flipped. Mm. It's actually really impressive when it's wrestlers like Champa and Reed who get nothing, mm. like get nothing from creative. They haven't got the big long title reign. They're not like necessarily over for them to get this crowd, like, really clicking towards the finish. I do think it's more impressive than, all right, they're doing the signatures. It, it, it counts now, if you like. Uh, so I was really impressed by this. Again, not a great match, but they willed it over the line. Mm-hmm. They just kind of demanded investment from the fans and got there. So I'd rather these fans just realized what they were buying a ticket for, <laughs> wrestling, yeah. and then just enjoyed it and got into it from the start. But... You know, it's an achievement, not necessarily an achievement of a match without being a great match, if that Mm. makes any sense at all. One size fits all seemed like a good idea for clothes. Nice dress. Uh, It's a it's a T-shirt. Until you tried it on. Same goes for your health care. That's why United Healthcare offers a variety of flexible, budget-friendly coverage for medical, vision, dental, and more. So whether you're between jobs, coming off a parent's plan, or even missed open enrollment, you can find the plan that fits you best. Find out more about United Healthcare coverage at uh1.com. That's uh1.com. Why don't more infant formula companies use organic, grass-fed whole milk instead of skim? Why don't more infant formula companies use the latest breast milk science? Why don't more infant formula companies run their own clinical trials? Why don't more infant formula companies use more of the proteins found in breast milk? Why don't more infant formula companies have their own factories instead of outsourcing their manufacturing? We wondered the same thing. So we made Byheart a better formula for formula. Learn more at byheart.com. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom, like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. Byron Saxon's in the back with uh, Liv Morgan. She confirms that uh, Raquel Rodriguez is hurt, but uh, she's going to take care of Rhea Ripley tonight. Um, she blames their title loss on Rhea Ripley, understandably. Um, she's tired of her, uh, but she does say, I was the last person to beat Rhea Ripley, let's not forget. Uh, she says she's going to go out there and have a fight with her. Maybe I'll get beat up, but maybe I won't. Just watch me. Um, and then we got to see the uh, new women's tag champs, Sonya Deville and Chelsea Green, who are reveling in their new status, understandably. Pissed off that uh, Baron Saxton wasn't interviewing them, and he was like, well, to be fair, Liv Morgan's literally about to go and face Rhea Ripley. 
And they start being like, oh, meh, 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 Rhea bloody Ripley. She's a champ, but we're champs. This whole roar of rolls, rolls around Rhea Ripley. Rhea Ripley comes in. Chelsea's banging on. This whole roar of rolls around Rhea Ripley. Sonya Deville, as a good ta- tag team partner should, saves her by saying, uh, as it should, right, Chelsea? As it should, yeah. Good touch, that. Um, and they go, anyway, uh, champ, champ, champ. we got champ stuff to do, so bye. Good cowardly stuff from them. And Ripley says, oh, I warned Rodriguez Stern and Morgan. Stay out of my way. They didn't listen. I've taken out Rodriguez. Liv Morgan's next. And they were next. Rhea Ripley versus Liv Morgan. Although it didn't happen because Ripley attacked Morgan during her entrance, posted her, sorry, sent her into the barricade shoulder first and then pilmanized her arm and shoulder with a steel chair. Not once, but twice. Um, She also shouted at one point, have fun in rehab while screaming that she warned Liv. The medical staff check on her. Yeah, she does it a second time. Tells her to stay out of her business. Uh, and uh, as she was leaving, she uh, looked at the clock and realised, oh, um, for you, Liv Morgan. Don't just sing me again. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, she does the clock. Sure. Um, thought Liv Morgan's selling was really committed, so I'll put that over. If you're going to do, like, an injury angle, one where one of the talents, one of the characters is in such danger that you actually get the ref and the medic to come out and then, you know, you do it again. I don't necessarily think that's the best time to do a monologue, personally. Mm. It's meant to be this urgent, violent revenge attack justified in the heel's mind. Um, Talk some trash. Obviously, Mm -hmm. it's wrestling. I'm not stupid. But it's a bit of a monologue for me. Mm. I don't care about you. Okay. See what you see. Tell don't show. (laughs) You know what I mean? Yeah. A bit monologue Um, We were talking about something yesterday. I can't remember which pot it was on. It might have been the Raw preview, actually, which is still worth checking out. It's all good stuff. Um, where you were talking about, like, Pavlov's gun or I'm something. Obsessed with Smince Me. <laughs> what was it? Oh it was the God. gun thing for It wasn't Pavlov. That's the dog guy, isn't it? Chekhov's gun. Chekhov's gun. Don't introduce something if you're not going to use it, yeah. basically. Well, that personified what came next, because we get an Alpha Academy promo. Uh, Chad Gable congratulates the Viking Raiders on their victory, but says, hey, no one even knows what a Viking rules match is. Well, we know what it is. It's goaded is what it is. Um, and he says, well, how about we have an Academy rules match? Oh, my God. Yes. I'm going to put your heads through a chalkboard. Oh, my God. Yes. We had so many ideas for this. We were Already. actually talking over the desks about what a, um Academy rules match might entail. Can I give one thing away? Absolutely. Because I'm actually enthusiastic about this hypothetical event, more so than I was the actual events that transpired on mm-hmm. Raw. What if, so it's Ivor and Eric versus Gable and Otis, mm-hmm. and they're having a tag team match. What if the rule is, because they never really stick to one, like it's unlimited saves, but in order to enter the ring and save your opponent from a double team or flagrant cheating or whatever, you have to answer a question in an impromptu pop quiz. I love it. I really, really love it. I can't wait to preview this in depth. When's it coming? Announce it. Or maybe they're saving it it for SummerSlam. I'm not against that. A bit of fun. I'd be well up for that. A bit of fun. Because it's quite heavy, isn't it? It's all Cody and It's all heavy. It's all a bit intense. And my problem with the, like, otherwise genuinely really great PLEs from WWE this year, mostly I thought Money in the Bank was well overrated. Um, I really enjoyed, like, to a great deal um, some of the other ones they've put on this year. 
WWE stylistically in terms of the way they structure their matches. I think WWE style is a bit of an old relic of a um, of a phrase, mm-hmm. but it is very back and forth quite long, back and forth quite long, where stylistically there are too many similarities from the first match to the main event and the pacing and what have you. I have comedy match yeah, on a SummerSlam. I'll take that all day long. Absolutely. Make it happen, Papa. Um, because actually, Maxine Dupree uh, says, I've been getting the best, better of you, Val Valor, every week. Um, I'm just not going to drop off because you got one over, one over on me. Uh, so why don't I have my first ever singles match next week? I know it says, oh, yeah. <laughs> so when's the, never mind that. When's the Academy <laughs> Rules match? Happen? I don't know. Uh, what we'll have to do, obviously we can't do it next week. Unless it's going to be a tag instead of a six-man or a six-person. Let's just preview it every single time. As a... Just in case it happens. Okay, good idea. Yeah, because... Oh, there's so many... Sp- uh, save it, save it. Ricochet's in the ring. Uh, talks... Oh, no. <laughs> talks about Logan Paul uh, not being there. Uh, and that's ironic because uh, nobody thought he actually belonged there. He says, look, I'll give you credit, your ability, your training. But uh, you're a prick, says Ricochet. Uh, we dedicate our lives to... The, to um, they dedicate our lives to... It's been it. Thank you. Uh, spend time away from our families, and you just don't understand that. Let's have a fight at bloody SummerSlam and sort this out. And as he's banging on about how much he hates Logan Paul, suddenly Logan Paul, of course, appears and attacks Ricochet from behind. And the you know uh, social media star that he is, he decides to take a selfie video whilst accepting Ricochet's challenge. And then he starts going out with the crowd. Says someone says someone in the crowd, you need to get laid, you stupid virgin. Uh, I like that one, did you? Yeah, that was good. Um, and then Ricochet, of course, pops up. I've not checked out his social media, but hopefully, considering Logan Paul's got a good track record with this sort of thing, in terms of like, well, that's just, you know, you're doing wrestling stuff. There's no way that video's come out great. Oh, wait a second. No, the spot with uh, Roman at the yeah. Saudi show is one of the best things I've ever seen on, on social media. On X. On X. I think it was only Corey, by the way, who did the next thing. So, And, uh. and I don't really listen to him. And I will. No, actually, I'll save that. That's something I want to talk about. I want to get off my chest later on. Yeah. Anyway, Ricochet pops up whilst Logan's filming this. Super kicks him. It's a standing shooting star, which is always... Oh, my God. I mean, it's easy for him to do, but still preposterous. Yeah. Uh, and he grabs Logan's phone and says, uh, I'll see you at SummerSlam. Good stuff. What did I tell you yesterday? Yeah. That there would be... They would just reiterate the premise. They would reiterate the reason why these two characters have a problem with one another why they're in conflict and then do some kind of physical angle not wrong and they did that i did like the logan paul thing next or you were meant to like go oh he called him a prick yeah Whoa, careful careful like get thrown off the air <laughs> uh so uh, it was what it was and it was what i said it would be i'm coming to raw in houston next week said paul as he was walking backstage to pop ricochet stupid head stupid bald head sorry then he rubbed Byron on the head and said, no offense. I think that's a good touch. Yeah. Um, Shayna Baszler's getting interviewed. Um, she's sick. You're of- always looking at me for the skip. <laughs> I never know when it's coming. I think I know where it's coming, actually. It's impending. Skip, oh, awesome. skip coming. Uh, Baszler's sick of hearing Ronda Rousey's name included in everything that she does. Uh, talking hasn't settled this, and a match wouldn't either. At SummerSlam, Baszler wants a fight. Are they setting up a fight pit? They are, aren't they? Because I think you said it's every fight. I mean, every match I'm in, in is a fight later, too. Yeah, saying the word fight quite a lot. Mm. I can't call it the fight den and do the lines den, because yeah. that was code. Yeah. You know how, like, your nostalgia tricks here? 
Yes. And you always go back and watch Raw, and uh, you think, yeah, well, The Rock is actually, uh, The Rock's character is, uh, yep, yeah, that's just a sexual assault on China. Um, this isn't you know, the fun nostalgia no. that I was going to have with my evening. I'll just, um, I'll just watch the next episode of Raw. Um, yeah, a heckler has just delivered an absolutely horrific homophobic slur in the direction of Dustin Rhodes. Uh, oh, maybe, you know, <laughs> I watched the next episode of Raw to try and like embrace the, the nostalgia. And I used to love this. And, you know, you like things like you used to like. It's nostalgia. It gives you a nice feeling. Right, next episode of Raw it is. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. There's, there's more blackface. Um, <laughs> uh, yeah. However, however, the lines then from SummerSlam 98 is yeah. goddamn goaded. Just an, a company that, you know, all the horrible things they did aside, which is hard to put aside because it makes you feel awful every time you try and revisit it. Um, like, that does not trick you. That was a company that was so creative. Like, the creativity on 1998's shows compared to these shows, particularly this episode, is like it's staggering just how new and futuristic and state-of-the-art and all the rest of it this is. Um, but Lion's Den, go back and watch it. It does not fail you. I did this test, and I, I promise it was true. I wrote an article. I can't remember the name of it. It was a list, obviously. <laughs> and it was like 10 things you forgot about the Attitude Era, something adjacent mm -hmm. to that title. And I did a trick, right, where I was like, at random, you might have been in the office when I did this. Oh, I think this. I was when you were about to say. I was like, Phil, give me a number between 1 and yep. 12. Did it, and it was like the month. So Wilborn give me a number between one and thirty-one, and it was the closest uh -huh. raw. And I was like, right, and I asked somebody else for like uh, like a time between uh -huh. like zero and two hours zero, and I went on it, and I swear to Christ, I swear. I, I was Christ, there. I watched this, watched this happen. I swear to Christ, the very first thing <laughs> I stumbled upon was like wildly problematic, like wildly problematic. I can't specifically recall what that problematic thing was, but if I remember the article, I laid this out in text, what I did in the office and what I stumbled upon on this random episode of mm -hmm. Raw and how quickly something horrible happened. Then it was like, it was in seconds or minutes. Yeah, it's it's not exactly stepping over the crocodile's mouth. It's literally stepping in the first crocodile's mouth, isn't it? Basically. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> uh, then we got Damien Priest versus Apollo Crews. There it is. Damien Priest, woman in the skirt, south of heaven skip, in three skip, minutes. Skip, 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 yeah, yeah. Uh, enough of all this, it's now time for this. It's short, it's crap, it's wrestling related. The five star review review. Nailed it. And if you want to suggest a five star review review, you can do so by leaving us a five star rating on Apple Podcasts and writing your review on there. Or you can leave us a five star rating on Spotify. Screenshot it. We need the proof. And email it to me, adam.wilborn at whatculture.com. Uh, today's today's uh, review comes from Angus Tuck. I think I've pronounced that right. It's well, how do you spell it? T-O-U-G-H. What? Yeah, that's what I thought. I read it as Angus Tough, but Angus is written Tuck, pronounced like Tuck. Thanks to my Scottish father having to explain that my entire life. Uh, so thank you, Angus. I would just go with tough personally. Exactly. I'm Angus Tough. Sounds like someone from uh, NXT UK. <laughs> Angus Tough. And to be honest, it probably has been used. I'm not the wiser because I didn't yeah. watch it. No, who did? 
Ten deranged arseholes on Cage Man? Yes, that's a good point. Uh, Angus writes, Hi lads, I've been wanting to make one of these for a while now, but this feels like the perfect time if you'll allow me to ramble a bit. Absolutely, Angus. Two years ago, uh, my depression was at the absolute worst, working a miserable job that basically sucked the life out of me since I left school. We've all been there. Yeah. At points in my life, genuinely didn't feel like living, so I quit, walked out mid-shift and all. Whilst it was satisfying in the moment, the depression didn't disappear overnight, and I struggled to find the will to do anything other than sleep and watch TV. That is when I discovered this podcast. Having been a wrestling fan for most of my life until the pandemic made it unwatchable for me, I was very curious as to what was currently going on and what I'd missed. From listening to the pods, uh, from there, listening to the pods became a daily routine and one that ended up forcing me, me to be more proactive. I listened whilst I cleaned my house, went for walks, etc. It gave me a system for doing things and genuinely helped me get a grip on my life again. And for that, I can't thank you enough. Two years on, I'm happy that I've been in a long time, in a better job with better friends. And while it's all not perfect, life actually feels worth living. Whilst I think depression of, or some form of it will be with me my whole life, it no longer feels like it has a vice grip on me. The podcast podcast gave a constant thing I could rely on at my lowest and now thankfully are just part of my daily routine. Uh, apologies for the long-winded email but for the five-star review. Don't apologize. Review, Jesus Christ. Not. I have a question from an interesting conversation I had with a friend. What is your first memory of wrestling Wrestling, 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 <laughs> being bad. Uh, past that childhood sense of joy uh, and wonder, what was the first proper time wrestling just seemed a bit sh- uh, I'd be very interested to hear your thoughts. Keep up the great work, guys. Thank you for everything for inadvertently helping me get my life back on track. Regards, Angus Tuck. Thank you, Angus, for that. It's so lovely to hear that message. Uh, incredible to hear that. Very humbling. And I hope that um, life continues to get a bit better for you. Um, i humbled by that. don't mm. know what else to say. Um, other than, you know, if my snarky analytical misery stops doing it for you. Like, genuinely, I once did um, CBT. Mm-hmm. Learned some access, uh, ex- exercises mm-hmm. exercises to ease my anxiety. Um, thoroughly recommended. Um, so, yeah, I hope everything continues to be great. We did a Mindful Mixtape podcast on this, didn't we? We did, yeah. A while back. Um, I don't know where exactly you can All still find it. Uh, charity. Indeed. Um, but, yeah, we had a really nice open and honest conversation with myself and both the dad lead boys all about this. And, Look, uh, especially following the pandemic, it's understandable that people have that. And, and yeah, depression is not something you just get over and there you go, yeah. back to normal. I think, you know, all of us in, in one way or another uh, suffer from self-doubt or whatever it may be. Um, and we're just provide uh, happy to provide some sort of weird outlet or uh, relief from that. And uh, yeah, thanks so much for that message. What? Sige, was your first memory of wrestling being, wrestling being bad? It sounds like such a fake hate this word, but you know what I mean? Smarky, cliche, um, but genuinely. So I watched WWF through my first exposure genuinely to wrestling was through magazines. And then, because I was just obsessed with reading as a kid, mm. like very early. Um, then got the videos, SummerSlam 89, I think was my first, or WrestleMania 6. Then I worked my way like forwards and a bit backwards and I had the figures and I was obsessed. And um, I think I finally pestered my parents into getting Sky TV and watched like the hour long and um, the serials like superstars and stuff. And then I watched WrestleMania 9. Ooh. Genuinely, I thought this is absolutely dumb. 
I've, it's weird. <laughs> it's so weird. Like I was saying before, literally like minutes ago, that nostalgia can fail you. Mm-hmm. And I like that show now. I just think it's, me and Hamlet have both got this um, fondness of it because of the practicalities and the reality and how they just obscured it. And that's like wrestling sort of, um, that's what I'm looking for here. Like just the essence of wrestling distilled mm. in terms of it's a work. It's meant to look glamorous, and it just how did they make that look glamorous? Um, I hated it at the time. Like genuinely, I thought like Bob Blackland's weird. Mm-hmm. I meant to like him now. Mm. I was really getting into football at the time, and it was when Kevin Keegan's entertainers were like um, just about to hit the Premier League, and my parents were buzzing. That would just. Um, being promoted from the old Division One, or oh, we're smashing the old Division One, basically. So mm. football was taking center stage of my life, and I think I'd r- grown out of wrestling for a little while. And I watched WrestleMania Nine, and just thought, like, even though I didn't understand the politics of what happened in the main event, um, I didn't understand why it happened. All I knew is I got a sense of wrong watching it. Mm. I got a genuinely like, even though I couldn't articulate it, I had no knowledge of the backstage goings on. Um, I just knew it wasn't good. <laughs> you know, this weird, in this hard to place way. It's like, that's not right, that. Yeah. That just isn't right. They've done this the wrong way. It just didn't feel like Hogan was a returning hero. And like, when, you, when you're young again, you watch it through that lens of like the morality play. Like, instantly, I had the sense watching the way that the main, main event played out of that just collided with what I knew about a baby face. My limited primitive understanding. Mm. I just knew something was not right. <laughs> when it, it actually clicked for me, because I feel like, as in, you know... You still like Raw, mate. You've yeah. never had the epiphany. <laughs> I think that's probably it, isn't it? NXT's your favourite show. I don't think you're going to get there. I think, uh, belatedly, looking back, because, like, I loved WWF Attitude, all that, you know, the Attitude Era, but I was kind of a late arrival at that. And then I don't remember going, oh, I don't like wrestling anymore. I just, you know, that I was that age where I was like, I like this. Actually, I like football now. Actually, like I football, like cricket or PS2. Whatever. Yeah. Snogging and shagging eventually. Yeah, jacking it. <laughs> right. So much going on. God damn it. So I sort of... a quirtle these days. <laughs> yeah, that's what we got kicks out of. Uh, but I'll tell you what. I probably should have made the realisation, because I remember, this is years ago now, me and Adam Nicholas went on a night out, got home and went, should we put WrestleMania 21 on? <laughs> and we did. And, like, obviously you got Michael's uh, angle on that show. Does that actually, what's the order? Let me look this up. Because that was, what, 2005, so I had a bit. Eddie Ray. Eddie Ray, yeah. Can course. I guess this? Can I guess this? Yeah, go on, try and do the whole card. Eddie Ray. Yeah, that's the opener. Money in the Bank. Correct. Uh, the women's match? No, there was a a, a match beforehand, um, and because you haven't done, you haven't remembered what that match is, you're gonna have to buy all the board beers. Oh God, I'm trying to take around your arms. That's right. Um, then it was the uh, Trish Leitas. Trish, <laughs> wrong me today. Trish Stratus versus Christy Hemi match with Lita, which is the one where um, no, is it that one? One of them where they almost fall into the gap on the set. I remember. Yes, I remember that. I can't remember. Oh, no, it was... Four more matches for you to get after Trish and Christy. Four more. Mm-hmm. Um, not Michael's Angle. Correct. Okay, Michael's Angle. Then... 
Was it Cena JBL and then something and then the main event? No. Okay, that was, I'm missing one thing before that. So it was a real oh, big show, Akabona. Correct. And then and then Cena, JBL, and then Triple H Batista. Indeed. I watched that with a load of mates who I was at uni at the time or I was about to go to uni. Either way, like I just hadn't really seen them in a while. But I thought, oh, you know, no, no. It's getting a bit hot again, this. I've mm. heard about this Batista and this Cena, and they went more nuts. Genuinely, I'm not lying. I do not like lying. I do not have an agenda to push. This isn't a tweet or an X <laughs> that I'm doing this to try and get it. I watched it with a bunch of casual fans who hadn't watched Raw SmackDown, so they didn't know this incredible story told between Michaels and Angle, and they went more nuts for the best wrestling I, I'm telling you now, yeah. we were going mental in that shared house. It was so good, in but yeah. Jesmond. I forgot. I think we may have said, let's maybe not watch the sumo match. So I think we went straight, me and Nicholas went straight from watching Angle and Michaels to watching JBL and John Cena, which I think might be the worst world title match at WrestleMania I've ever seen. It's the most nothing one, certainly. It Nothing happened. Like, at least he can bury Orton Wyatt from 33 you can be amazed that something like, you know, a very early years title match, like Hogan Andre, let's face it, how much they get out of so little, even though technically and mechanically it's, you know, I, that is the most, I couldn't, even at the time I was like, that's it. Mm. It's, just a, it's just a lariat and an FU. That's the battle for 11 minutes. Awful. Um, but I, I thought rather than just reviewing something like that, I saw Angus's message and I thought, hmm. Wrestling. Let's uh, put those two together. So we're going to review... We're already reviewing Raw. <laughs> we've been doing this since 2018. We've established that. But one thing I don't think we've done yet is that time that uh, John Cena dropped poo on uh, AJ Lee and Dolph Ziggler. Uh, why haven't we done it yet? So uh, me and Sid sat down to watch this eight I, minute... I didn't. Huh? He sent us a link, but I just knew you were going to do the recap. I can't do it. <laughs> I mean... Having watched it myself, you know, sometimes I'll watch something and I'll you'll hear me giggling away because I'm looking at the comments, or you'll hear me go, whoa, because something like that happens. It was just groans, not good ones, coming from it's my... A groan? Oh. <laughs> Why the f*** did I ask that? <laughs> it was, so you sometimes do that when you... Yeah, sometimes. Um... This, I watched this, and I thought, was this week's Raw one of the best Raws ever? Yeah. Because it wasn't this. So this is uh, a New Year's Eve 2012, right? This is off the back of TLC, I do believe, where AJ Lee's just screwed John Cena and uh, Dolph's got the money in the bank, World Heavyweight Championship briefcase, da 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 da, da. Uh, And in the ring, I've not done it verbatim, because, Jesus. Um, there's AJ Lee... He was, was great at these sorts of characters, I should say. And Dolph Ziggler, and she's in a white dress, and he's in a white tux, and uh, Big E Langston, the muscles waiting on the outside just in case anyone could show up. Uh, and they're toasting to the man who will own 2013, Mr. Money in the Bank. They show off Dolph Ziggler, and uh, they have a little smooch. And uh, John Cena interrupts, and... Uh, oh God, I don't want to do this. <laughs> He talks about how much uh, AJ's grown as a woman. I mean, she's had her first relationship, then a second, then a f third, then a fourth. I was a fifth. And we all saw that. Now six times a charm. 
I didn't like what he was implying here, the fact that if a woman has multiple relationships, that's a bad thing. Yeah. 2013 as well. I mean, I'm not saying it was justified in the late 90s, but... Or at any point ever. Yeah, but in 2013... Oh, this company's run by arseholes, man. They only pretend not to be because it's, they've finally realised that it's better for the optics. Mm. But anyway, I know you're a man who, uh, who likes a laugh. But so... <laughs> Cena says, right, picture this. He says, uh, I see, you know, um, Dolph and AJ have been shopping for their wedding and uh, I've got an exclusive look at their wedding wardrobe. Check this out, right? But it's not what you think. No. No, you see, it's AJ who's in the tux. Dolph Ziggler's in a wedding dress and Piggy likes the bridesmaids. I, I, it's the wor- some of the worst television I've ever watched. Like some of the absolute most dog shit <laughs> wrestling television that I've ever watched. People have this weird, like, I'd, I'll never... I'll wait till he gets the comments. I will never give up hating John Cena. Mm. And the thing is... Like you can never go back. I hate how, like, oh, you know, I respect everything that's done for his business. So when he comes back, now I'll cheer John. I'll give him, I'll give him my best. I'll fucking dare you. To go back and watch like a single segment of his from when he was this character. Well, this is it, and, and cheer him. This is it. I, 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 I don't think I was watching WWE at this time. It was one of my weird dark periods that I had because, unlike Michael Hamfler, I've not watched WWE consistently since I was like four. He's or an whatever. absolute mentalist. Yeah. So, <laughs> if you'd have asked me what, guess what happens here in this eight-minute segment, right? Because I remember the clip. It's been on all the like WWE top tens, and we've mentioned it on this. He says, da, 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 you're wearing white ears, some poo, right? And if you'd have said, guess what happens beforehand, I'd have said, he probably makes some, uh, he probably makes a crap joke and then says, and here's how I'm going to win it back from you. Yeah, some light transphobia. <sighs> he makes three. He makes three of these. So, first of all, I, I will say that when he shows the photo... Don't of, pop for this dickhead. No, I will say that I popped because he shows the picture of AJ and it talks and Dolph in a wedding dress. Mm-hmm. And what's, what's wrong with that anyway? First yeah. of all, if you want to do that, people want to do that, that's fine. Uh, Dolph Ziggler does send the mic say, not real. So I did like that as a, yeah, okay, a comeback. Okay. You watch this bit with me because I said you I have d- to come I, I, and yeah, see yeah, this yeah, bit. I watch one of it. John Cena doesn't just say it. He sings. First comes love, then comes marriage. Then comes the ugliest baby you've ever seen. And it's a baby. <laughs> Stop laughing! I'm laughing at your reaction. It's a baby, right? Picture this. With AJ's face, Dolph's hair, and a money in the bag briefcase in his hands. The worst television you'll ever see in your entire life. And I'll say, this is... Michael Cole's like this. Hear Vince scream in his ear, laugh harder. Laugh harder, you asshole. This is the funniest thing you've ever seen. And the poo's coming soon. That's going to be even funnier. Right? And uh, uh, Cena's not finished with AJ. I don't know why he can't target Dolph, considering... Anyway. But uh, he says, uh, that's not actually AJ's first child. His family photo time. And there is a sea of babies... With CM Punk's face, 
Daniel Bryan's face. How is this medically possible? Right, wait for Why it. Why would... Wait for it. CM... Like, the first ones, okay, she's had a kiss with them. CM Punk, Daniel Bryan, Kane. And then it's like, they've gone... Steve, who else can we put um, uh, restless heads, you know, baby onto a baby's body? So there's the shield babies, and then they're like, what's really stupid? Eve Torres, what? Right, <laughs> Eve Torres on a baby, Hillbilly Jim, the Bushwhackers, Matilda, a dog baby. <laughs> it's funny, isn't it, King? Honestly, like, if you're in that ring and you're getting told, I don't have a baby with Luca the Bushwhackers, actually. Oh, that's not what you meant to do. It's like, what the f are you doing, John? You stupid f like, it's not f***ing funny in the least. How the f*** am I meant to be offended by the idea that within... When did I debut on television again? Who's this? Dolph. AJ Lee. Oh, AJ. I don't know. Uh, it's, you know. Three years or whatever it is. Yeah, that's... She could have had a maximum three babies. Yes. No, apparently she's had a baby with... Um, who was it? It was one of the Run, Runjin Singh, I think, was on there oh, as well. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's a writer, so what we do is we'll have to bring the ribs on the board and everything like that. Why would you? Like, oh, I don't care what you're doing. You're making a fool of yourself, John. You're making a fool of yourself. You know, I'm a fully paid up, fed pilled idiot sometimes. Not all the time. But Dolph says. You prefer Raw to Hangman Page, so I don't even know why I talk to you half the time. He says, Dolph says, uh, Cena, you've got nothing. Wound is up. You've got nothing. You're a man-child. And Cena's like, hey, guys, I'm just trying to have fun. It's New Year's, but Imagine thinking, I want to I spend my New Year's. I want to go to a Monday Night Raw episode in 2013. I don't, I don't like New Year's, personally. I, I don't like going out on New Year's. Love a house party on New Year's, right? But gone are the days that I would go into town. Awful, awful experiences. It's weird. Like, I don't even have... When I was growing up for New Year's, like, so I've got to go out for New Year's. Do I? Yeah. Like, do was, I, I just want to, like, I want to go in goblin mode before it was a thing. Well, uh, you, what, like, over Christmas, I'll, I'll goblin mode it. Yeah. I, I, I just how many times normally on a night out are you like, we need to get to the club that we're going to finish the night in at half past 11? No. Yeah. It's two, and then we've got to get always, a drink, and we've got to make sure. It was always dead when I went out. Yeah. This is Newcastle City Centre. Yeah. And it was always pretty dead. I think a lot of people just hate, don't buy into it. House party's the way to go on New Year's for me. I'll anyway. Do, I'll do absolutely nothing. So, yeah, I said, fully fed, fed pill, did it. I'm going to read what I've written there as part, of, as part of my notes. Get to the fucking point. So I was skipped ahead. I couldn't be bothered to write everything down, anything down at this bloody point. God, John Cena, man. John Cena, you know, you'll, you'll remember, John Cena had a, a bad 2012, if you remember. He said, it's been a bad year for me. He also was voted Superstar of the Year. Yeah, yeah. That was a, oh, it was a rough, rough ride. But he didn't accept it, because he's a good guy like that. Uh, he said, look, hey, I've had one bad year in 10. Dolph, you've been here for seven. That was, that was 2013, Sitch. Oh, my God. This guy will never leave. <laughs> So he runs through Dolph's career. You're a caddy, then you had blonde hair, then you had brown hair. Da, 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 da. You're complaining to everyone in the back. Blah, 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 blah. He ends up declaring, Cena does, for the Royal Rumble. He says, I'm going to fight for the world title. Did he? He did, didn't he? That was when he won the Rumble and went on face Rock for the second one, wasn't it? He's yeah. Had the bad year to. Uh, and Dolph says, Hey, Cena, 
talk just like your outfit. It's cheap. Oh. Got him. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> so that's, that makes me the Just Bleed guy. Yeah. Patter like that. <laughs> makes you want to see a fight. So uh, Cena does the thing where he's like, hey, I, I, guys, I didn't explicitly say she's a whore, right? But he sort of goes, hey, AJ Lee's wearing a white dress. Even though she's had 80 babies in three years. Yeah. Um, and he says, he's finally got to the, we've got to it. Allow me to toast to a prosperous 2013, to Dolph and AJ, with the one thing that you're full of. Uh, boo! <laughs> boo drops from the ceiling on the happy couple. And King and Cole are like, <coughs> oh, God, whoa, that stinks. Um, I'm also convinced, because I've got an ear for this sort of thing now, with the sweetening of the Dom crowd. Yeah. And the, the, oh, it was a pretty decent pop for a kind of nothing moving in a pointless match in the middle of Raw. I'm fairly certain they've added squelching sound effects to this. Because initially it's just well, like... It's not coming out of a giant arsehole, is it? No, but as in like... I thought initially it was like the, the, the chocolate pudding or whatever it is. Yeah. Because if that's your poo, you really go and see a doctor, by the way. Whoever's that is. I don't know who he collected it from. Yeah, it's not really yeah. real. But they were like... He was like... Because I thought initially it was just him splatting in the ring. I think ring. you cracked the case. <laughs> and then put in there like... I was like, imagine Where do you that. think it came from? Imagine if you're the bloke, though, who they're like, right, okay, um, thanks for coming into work today. First one, I need you to make uh, a wedding bill. AJ Lee's ready to talk to me. I've done that, yeah, okay. I've put yeah, Big E Langston, this absolute mammoth of a man who blew in a bridesmaid's dress. Right, I need you to make a baby that looks like AJ Lee Dolph Ziggler merged and he's got money in the back briefcase. Fine, right, yeah, there you go. Okay, uh, I need you to make 20 babies with some funny vases on them. Fine, I'll do that. Right, can you just sit around and wait till Raw comes in, and then when the poo drops, can you just press the squelch button a few times, basically? Awful. John Cena says, Happy New Year, everybody, and the happy couple fall in the poo as they try to leave. It's just the worst television ever. Anyway. It's the worst television of all time. I cannot, I cannot have conversations with people who like this. That will, will like different things. Uh, don't like the segment, so that means you're biased towards AW. I'll just die. Go, go on, then. Do you want to go to the comments? Once again, these uh, don't... Uh, well, I'm interested... Hang on, who are you going to... ...in this element of the uh, of the comments section. It's time to play the game! Time to play, time to play the game! game. Did it, did it, did it, it. How can people possibly get horny watching this? Because uh, how? Because uh, AJ Lee's in it. <sighs> Carry on. Once again, these are not reflective views myself, Michael Sidgwick, anyone at What Culture, or Angus, who, well, didn't suggest this. Sorry about this, Angus. Thanks for your lovely five star review review. WWE Rocks2423 writes I still remember this like it was yesterday. So crazy. WWE was so amazing. Person's about twelve years old. I'm not going to punch down. I will say, not always, not always a bad place to go. A comment section because Trellies Williams writes, <laughs> "Happy New Year." More like crappy New Year. He got hired as a WWE writer off the back of that Anna, comment. Anna. Oh my god. <laughs> well, this is a horny head. Yeah. Uh, Angelo just writes this shit everywhere. <laughs> say what you see. Say what you see. That's why do you have to do that? <laughs> Imagine that. If you if you're destined to do this. Say what you see. He's caught in a loop. 
Like on like like you know, the suggested videos on YouTube, right? Okay. Um, you know, there's a uh what's the what's a famous viral YouTube video? I don't know, a goat for getting like against something gets a stiff leg and goes <laughs> over. Goat fell over, right next. Um okay. <laughs> what is next? Right, okay. Uh, old remember that really old one where there's like a big dog and they are granny and she throws a stick and it goes <laughs> Yeah, dog, granny, yeah. What are you doing with your life? Oh, right, we get to the horny bit now because this is. Um, I was, there was. Oh, there is a cat <laughs> in it. Yeah, playing the piano. <laughs> Enter. Oh, it's a sport. We used to do more AJ Lee videos because <laughs> there's something about her on the internet that people just can't control. You know, you themselves. know what it is. You know what it is. Yeah, it's that manic pixie dream girl mm-hmm. element where they think that. Oh well, not only are they telling me that she's a whore. Yeah. And if Luke Buck if Luke Bushwack has got a shot, I'll blow my beans up that no problem. They I'm, I'm certain these people think that AJ Lee is quote unquote attainable. Yeah. Um which is a, a horror a violent cocktail of um in cell energy, this. So there's four that were like in a row that I was like, oh my God, get that one. Oh my God, get that one, get that one. Where people are just so... <laughs> they're just not thinking what they're typing. Because they've got too much blood in their cock and but not enough in their brains. Have you ever... Question, have you ever been so horny... I'm, answer, I'm not answering this. ...that you've spoken like Yoda? Because <laughs> uh, Honey Singh writes, so good that case. Tell you that get a tits out, we'll find out. <laughs> Honey Singh just writes, oh, so good that kiss was. Because <laughs> they kissed at the beginning, remember? Uh, Rhea gets excited, and I also understand that why maybe, like you say, there's there's other areas of the internet you can go to for fills. Is there? But um, Rhea, um, <laughs> Rhea <laughs> might, have, might have some issues with this, because Rhea just writes, oh, AJ Styles is beyond perfect. There's your problem right there. That's the Why am I getting this phenomenal forearm, guys? Uh, I don't think you need to be a therapist to uh, break Motti Yolo's comment down. Oh, I wish AJ was my mom. Oh, <laughs> what does that mean? Uh, don't know. Don't shag his mouth. Right? <laughs> yeah, yeah. Or maybe. Uh, and uh, Wicked Foo. This is the last one. Nope. <laughs> Just writes, oh my God, AJ Lee missed off some good looking parents. <laughs> what? It's like mild. <laughs> you meant to escalate it? So I'm assuming the next one's going to be quite mild as well, Wilborn. Um, well, not collectors. <laughs> <laughs> um. <laughs> not collector. <laughs> yeah. Right. She's probably the hottest girl WWE's ever had on their show. Damn tight and petite. <laughs> Nom. Nom. Uh, one, one, one of the comments I needed your help with uh, is from Ugly Mofo Guy. 
And he writes, AJ Lee, the cure to being flaccid. So did she have like a, a career in like, you know, uh, like a doctorate or, or something like that? No, no, I think this person is so sexually aroused <laughs> by um, AJ Lee uh-huh. that he just on sight gets an erection. Oh, that makes a lot more sense. Yeah. Um, so <laughs> this comment I love, right? Because it's, oh, it's just the personification of the internet, basically. So everyone's in the comments, oh, AJ Lee, AJ Lee, AJ Lee. But John fires in, and uh, John's ready to, to settle everyone down. <laughs> and about AJ Lee, he simply writes, uh, she's admitted to farting a lot, so she's not actually as sexy as you think. <laughs> I love it. I love the internet comment section. The internet is uh... undefeated. It's the cause of and solution, isn't it? Yep. It is the cause of and solution. Thanks, Angus. Thanks for the lovely five-star review review. I hope you're doing well, man. Yeah. And uh, if you want to suggest any more things like that, more AJ Lee segments. You know yeah, you're really into AJ Lee, aren't you? I'm into, I'm, I'm into the uh, internet's reaction to AJ okay. Lee. Okay. Returns on Monday Night Raw. Oh, there's loads left, isn't there? Oh, God, yeah. Uh, uh, Becky Lynch says it isn't over till I win. Yeah, cool. Skip yeah. that. Uh, Valhalla accepts Dupree's yeah, challenge, yeah, yeah. Uh, and then uh, Gunther's coming down to the ring with Imperium, uh, and McIntyre comes down and says, "I heard you issuing challenges last week whilst I wasn't here. Um, I'm here. Why don't we have an inter- intercontinental championship match right here, right now?" Uh, and dares Gunther to accept. Gunther says, "I bought prestige to this title. I'm not about to defend it just in front of these degenerates." Uh, of course you'd identify with these fans. They've accomplished nothing. You failed at Clash of the Castle. You were humiliated by me at WrestleMania, and I'm going to do it again at SummerSlam. McIntyre talks about WrestleMania. He jokes about Sheamus being 42. <laughs> uh, <laughs> and uh, it talks about them fighting each other at WrestleMania, but they beat the hell out of each other, him and Sheamus. Uh, and then Gunther just picked the bones and won. Um, but one-on-one at SummerSlam, I'm going to beat your ass. I'm going to become Intercontinental Champion. Then Ludwig Kaiser interrupts and says, don't speak about our champion like that. Don't disrespect him. And McIntyre's like, I actually like you, Ludwig. Watching Gunther's like watching paint dry, but uh, you're, you're entertaining and you should lead Imperium. Kaiser's not happy about that either. So McIntyre says, well, let's have a fight then. So that sets up a match. Drew McIntyre versus Ludwig Kaiser. I not only said... There was going yesterday that there was going to be an impromptu match between Drew McIntyre and a member of Imperium. I guess the correct member correct. of Imperium. Um, so my big takeaway from this match, because we knew Drew was going to win, was Corey Graves mid-match doing a prolonged impression of Ludwig Kaiser. And I just want to say, what sort of person makes a living by acting an idiot and impersonating wrestlers? Michael Sidgwick uh, just... Not on, is it? No. Absolutely not on. It's awful, that as well. Yeah. I mean, the impression was all right, but not for five yeah, minutes. Yeah, one of those technical level impressions where mm. like, it gets the voice, but not the comedy. My favorite is when someone... So waiting for um, Corey Graves to go full Heenan, which he promised to do when he Vince McMahon was no longer hey. on, the, on the headset. You know what I always like is when people do an impression, but they're not confident enough in it. To not say the person's name. Yeah. Like, g'day, I'm Steve Irwin. And you're like, what? What, <laughs> what are you doing? What's this? Uh, Kaiser gets a bit of offense in uh, by sending McIntyre to a ring post uh, during the break, or oh, before the break. 
Uh, but McIntyre comes back just sort of, he was it was like he was making an example out of Kaiser in terms of like you're not the only one who can chop. I felt a bit sorry for Ludwig at points here. He did sort of like super white noise off the top as well at one point, which looked good. Uh, McIntyre comes back with uh, suplexes, a neck breaker, a big headbutt, sets up the claymore, but Ludwig had a nice leaping kick to counter that uh, to get a near fall. But we all knew where this was going. McIntyre comes back after an inseguri. Uh, from Kaiser with a claymore for the one, two, three, and then the rest of Imperium just hit the ring and start kicking the crap out of him. Matt Riddle tries to make the save. Gunther power bombs him, goes to power bomb McIntyre through the uh, announce table, but uh, McIntyre reversed and did did that to Gunther himself. A hey, good setup for their SummerSlam match. Yeah, it was completely boilerplate in terms of the way it was laid out, but the action was pretty good. Yeah, um, I can't. What else am I meant to say? <laughs> Rousey. Uh, Said uh, any fight she's in is the fight, so they're going to have a fight then. Please. Then it was main event time. It's contract signing. Oh, Seth Rollins. The same, yeah. Oh, here we are. Um, Seth Rollins, Finn Balor. Um, sorry. Balor. Balor enters first. He says, oh, there's no host because we've been causing bloody chaos on this show. So Postman Pierce is busy. Um, but uh, don't worry. We're professionals. We can handle this like gentlemen. Seth Rollins come down to the ring, and then here comes Seth Rollins. Crowd sings Rollins' song, we all know the words, um, signs the contract, and Balor hesitates before he signs. And Rollins says, look, you finally figured out what we've all known for a long time. You've got no chance of walking out of SummerSlam as champion. Look, the most obvious scenario is I beat your ass, and then the crowd sing my song. Or, even if you do win, your world title reign will be even shorter than your universal title reign, because Damian Priest is going to cash in right there, right then and there. Uh, and we both knew that, that well, we, you both know that's the case because you, you both knew it because we said on the preview that he was going to say this. exactly. Um, Rollins told Ballard to cheap, keep chasing that ghost. SummerSlam won't be the coronation, the judgment day, it's going to be the end. Uh, Ballard smiles and signs the contracts and says, You think you got it all figured out, don't you, Seth? Uh, but you don't run raw, the judgment day do. And at this point, we see the judgment day coming through the crowd and coming up the ramp and what have you. Uh, I've been losing. For seven years, says Balor. It's been driving me insane. It's all your fault, Seth. It's like an an itch I can't scratch. It was like a seven-year itch. But at SummerSlam, you're going to be my seven-year bitch. Great line. Terrible line. Terrible line, and it built it up like it was the coolest thing in the world. Meanwhile, these swine in the audience just do the song. Stop singing. I have to do this really um, bit of cutting wordplay. This whole thing was, this whole thing reeked. So Seth realizes that they got the drop on him, so he flips the contract signing table towards Damien Priest, attacks Dom, sends Dom out of the ring, but then Priest just nails him with a briefcase shot, and there's a moment where Priest and Balor stand over him, look at each other, Priest looks at the briefcase. Zayn runs out to try and make the save, he ducks under a clothesline from Rhea Ripley and hits Damien Priest with a steel chair, but Ripley pulls the chair away from him uh, before he could hit Dom with it. Balor tackles him, there's a south of heaven to Sami Zayn, and they beat him up, lay him out, they put the boots to Rollins, uh, and then... Damien Priest give Rollins a razor's edge. Dom hit a frog splash. Balor hit the crew de gras. The Judgment Day stand tall after a night of chaos on Monday Night Raw. The chaotic. It's in my notes, so I have to say it. Okay, you can follow me on X at M Sedgwick. <laughs> yeah, it's a typical go home segment two weeks after. Yeah, it was a really humdrum. Follow me on Twitter at Adam Wilborn. Follow us all at WhatCultureWWE. On eggs. On eggs. <laughs> 
You uh, can subscribe to What Culture Wrestling wherever you get your podcasts from. For daily wrestling podcasts, you can also leave us a five-star review on Apple Podcasts or leave us a five-star rating on Spotify. Screenshot it. We need the proof. And email it to us just like Angus... Angus? Angus Tuck. I'll promise I'll put my teeth back in before NXT later. And don't worry, it's not just going to be the two of us. We've got a third guy coming on for the NXT preview. I've got a feeling. Don't worry. It's Andy Murray. He's not. He's never. No, no, he's never going to do it again. (laughs) Right, it's been the Raw Review. My thanks to Michael Sidgwick. Thank you to Angus for his lovely five-star review. Thank you for joining us. And we will see you soon. Why don't more infant formula companies use organic, grass-fed whole milk instead of skim? Why don't more infant formula companies use the latest breast milk science? Why don't more infant formula companies run their own clinical trials? Why don't more infant formula companies use more of the proteins found in breast milk? Why don't more infant formula companies have their own factories instead of outsourcing their manufacturing? We wondered the same thing. So we made Byheart a better formula for formula. Learn more at byheart.com. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High-quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style.